0: Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore am. Well, today we're going to finally finish up the uh, the prospects that we have not done yet, starting with edge rusher, And I'm excited to talk about this um, because there are a couple guys that you've been hiding from me and you thought you could hide them from me. You thought for just a minute that you could keep them from me and I wouldn't find out. But oh boy, did I find out. You dirty, lying sons of sons of guns. But that's all right. That's okay with me. Why don't we just go ahead and get started? Um, once this is done, I will have a preliminary group. Then there is Patreon, as I said. That's where you can kind of request people to look at that I haven't looked at. I'll throw them in with my preliminaries. Once the combine happens, we'll have some more firm numbers on these guys. And that's when I'm going to try to want to, going to want to try to take it to the next level in terms of finding a better, more thorough form of evaluation so that I can kind of create somewhat of a comprehensive, I guess you'd call it board. Not that that necessarily matters. I still mostly just care about, you know, the guys that I like, but I want to be able to quantify and articulate what it is I like about them and how much I like them. More so than having some kind of an arbitrary board thing, that's not super important to me. But it'll be a nice function and feature because I think it is a way of communicating to people, you know, again, a a way of quantifying how much I like these people. But here are the guys that I looked at, and um, I hate to give you the full order, (laughs) but I have them written out in order. Uh, I guess I can try to mix up the order a little bit, because some of them, some of the guys that are on the top 100 list or whatever I couldn't find film on, but you got Dallas Turner, Jared Verse, Chop Robinson, Braylon Trice, Chris Braswell, uh, Latu, whoops. Darius Robinson, Adisa Isaac, Brandon Dorless, and Austin Booker are the guys that I looked at. And again, you've kind of got some tiers in here. Um, it's difficult to do specific tiers because for some of them it's like you can kind of see how it could maybe work, but right now I'm not seeing it. And then there's also this sort of different kind of guys stylistically. You got guys that seemingly are oversized where you're looking at them going, I feel like that's more of a defensive tackle unless he cuts weight. And other guys you're looking at going, I mean, they're 245, I don't know, I mean, it's not impossible, but I just, I can't get into it. Or, you know, vice versa, there's, there's big guys that you kind of like and small guys, and for different reasons or whatever, but I would say the only one I'm kind of all the way out on, and, and you know, it's, it. actually, you know what, let's start with this, because I wanted to look at this just for my own kind of clarification on things, and that is size, and it was when I got to, uh, which one was it? Was it doorless? No. Give me a second here. Oh, you know who it is? It's Darius Robinson. So Darius Robinson is listed at like over 290 pounds. Now, in some places, he's like 286 or something. But I'm looking at it, I'm like, has anybody ever been that big? And the answer is right now, as far as I can find, the answer is no. Calais Campbell is like 284, I think. And he's, I think, 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, yeah, he's 6'8", 282". Chop Robinson is six foot five, and he's listed out over 290 pounds on PFF. We'll find out what happens at the Combine. I'm guessing he's either going to massively cut weight if he wants to be off the edge, or he's going to stay big and be projected inside. Because if you're larger than Calais Campbell and you're several inches shorter, the, the only comparable guy would be um, Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa is also 6'5", and he's 280. So again, I'm not saying it's impossible, but the, the point is, I just wanted to look and see what are the, the size variances. And there's kind of a lot of variance. I would say 280 is the absolute maximum size. But let's look through some of these guys, uh, just to be very clear, because there's other guys that I think are smaller that I look at that I really like, and I think that they could fit. And I think there's going to be a lot of people saying, no, you know, he is a, um, he's a, 250-pound stand-up outside linebacker, it's never going to work, right? He's not a hand-in-the-dirt 260-pound defensive end. Let me just cut to the chase on that one. Will Anderson was an outside linebacker for Alabama at 6'3", 243 pounds. He is currently a down defensive end for the Houston Texans. And although I know he's a freak, let's just be very clear on the fact that you can be 240 and play as a defensive end in a 4'3 defense. But I want to rip through the top 20 edge rushers. So this is going to be some outside linebackers, some defensive ends, just so you can kind of see the size variance um, for these guys. So Miles Garrett is a down defensive end. He is 272 pounds. So that kind of makes sense. Micah Parsons is an outside linebacker, usually at 245. Uh, Nick Bosa, defensive end, 266. That all lines up. Max Crosby, who... I think is a a real good example of this, is 255 and is a defensive end. Um, TJ Watt, 252, outside linebacker. Khalil Mack, 270, outside linebacker. Andrew Van Ginkle, 242, outside linebacker. Aiden Hutchinson, 268, defensive end. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, 265, defensive end. Alex Highsmith is 242, outside linebacker uh, Travis Gibson, 263 outside linebacker, Josh Allen, 255 outside linebacker, Bradley Chubb, 275 outside linebacker, Gregory Rousseau, 266 defensive end, uh, Samson Ibukam, 245 defensive end. So there's another example, 245 pounds. He's a defensive end for the Colts. Um, Brandon Graham is 265 defensive end. Marcus Golden, 260 outside linebacker. Zadarius Smith, 275 defensive end. He was obviously outside linebacker as well. Jermaine Johnson, 262 outside linebacker. Jadavian Clowney, 255 outside linebacker. So a lot of these guys fit the prototypes, but there's a ton of overlap. There are 280-pound outside linebackers, and there are 245-pound defensive ends. So there are no hard and fast rules on this. A lot of these guys come from outside linebacker schools and get transitioned as smaller outside linebackers from Alabama to defensive end roles there are a lot of guys who are these you know Lucas Van Ness he's a big strong powerful defensive end who gets transitioned to outside linebacker so it really just comes down to like everything else it comes down to traits and when we get to safety it's going to be uh, a real interesting thing to look at I, I want to do this maybe tomorrow Because I went back and looked at um, Jeff Halfley's safeties. And I understand, like, you're just kind of working with what you got. And I'm sure if you could uh, draw up these perfect things, they would have certain attributes. But I've been hammering the speed aspect for a sideline-to-sideline safety. And I looked at Alabama, and I looked at Boston College. And both times, they had really good safeties. And both times, they ran in, like, the mid-two-sixes. I mean, (laughs) two-sixes four sixes four six five-ish none of them had four three speed four two speed not even four four or four five speed so anyways that that's that's more for probably tomorrow we'll see how much news builds up or whatever but um it's just it's just kind of interesting you know I have these certain prototypes in my mind and then as I move forward it's like Actually, it's not exactly as rigid as I thought. And that happens all the time. Like, I keep hammering the media for that. Like, why do you keep being so rigid? You know that's not the case. And then I do it. And then when I actually look at it, it's like, oh, that's not, that's not true at all. Again, a 245-pound outside linebacker was drafted by a 4-3 team. He comes in. He transitions to put his hand in the dirt and is a really good pass rusher as a rookie. So I just wanted to kind of lay that out as we go through this, because there are some size discrepancies. There's some smaller guys that I like, there are some smaller guys that I don't, and then Darius Robinson is the one massive question mark that I kind of just want to like take a step back and ask around and be like, what, what, uh, what are we thinking here? Because I just, I don't know about this. And on top of that, he played a really weird system with, a, I guess we'll start with Darius Robinson since we're talking about it. He started in a system at Missouri that was like a three-man front, which I see a lot in college, it's kind of weird. And he plays like a 4 eye technique, which means he's inside of the tackle. So he kind of plays as like a hybrid edge slash defensive, you know, uh, th- like a 3-4 defensive end kind of, with nobody outside of him. It's almost like if you took a 3-4 team, take the outside linebackers that are usually on the line ready to pass, uh, rush the passer, and then you take them off the ball and make them off-ball linebackers. So he's technically on the edge, but he's also kind of usually on the interior so he's playing more of a run defense kind of role. It's very odd, and it's kind of hard to evaluate. But either way, I don't know if I can see it. Um, again, I think it's draft buzz has him closer to like 285. And if he shows up to the combine at like 275, then all of those problems go away. And then we can kind of go back to evaluating. But I still tried to watch him from the outside and see kind of how he performed. And it was just kind of okay. But it's also just hard to find the reps that you're looking for. So needless to say, right now, there's just nothing for me with Darius Robinson right now. Um, and I and I I wonder if he is more of, you know, sort of that lean 290 pound interior guy. And and then you can kind of reevaluate him from that role. Could he be sort of the, you know, three technique in a four three defense? Um, let's start at the bottom though, here. Austin Booker, 245 pounds. And again, it it it's not exactly that you can rule him out. But for a 245-pound guy, all the issues that you worry about, I saw with him. Um, I just, one of the biggest things that I look for with these guys is take your eye off the pass rusher and look at the tackle. And when I'm watching a tackle just not struggle at all, I can't get into it. And um, he just plays like a small guy, so I just, I kind of formed a pretty early opinion with him. Um, then you have Brandon Dorless. Brandon Dorless is an edge rusher out of Oregon. He kind of reminds me of uh, a certain prototype of guy, and it, it's kind of similar to what you have with Darius Robinson. They're very big, they're long, and they're strong, but they're kind of Frankenstein-y. I've seen several of these guys. I can't put any names to it at the moment, but you know they, they, they've got a lot of power, and they can kind of push in the pocket, which is kind of cool, but they're very the, the term I always use is Frankenstein, which is just they're, they're not very flexible, they're not very mobile, they're not very fast. They're like bulldozers. So I don't dislike Brandon Dorless, but I don't really see, especially off the edge, I'm just not seeing a ton. Then you get to Adisa Isaac, edge rusher out of Penn State. This is the first one that I saw that was that was pretty impressive. So he is six foot four, two fifty-four. Again, from a size perspective at twenty two years old, um, you would expect him to be more of an outside linebacker, and that is what he played there. Um, but the biggest thing that I liked with him was his burst. Now, maybe that's because I just got done watching Doralis who can't move, but, you know, at the snap, just boom, he's flying. Now, I did, I you know, again, you kind of look for these certain boxes in your mind. You're looking for leverage. You're looking for bend. You're looking for hand usage. And it, it kind of just felt like a guy that doesn't have much of a plan, but is really fast. And sometimes he beats him to the inside. Sometimes he beats him to the outside. So he's got that, you know, that initial quickness is incredibly important when you're looking at a, a pass rusher, a defensive end. So it's not nothing. It's certainly something that is going to, be a, uh, a major, major component for somebody to say, I think I can make something out of that. After that, I did have Darius Robinson. Some of these rankings are somewhat arbitrary, but I just put him there, especially because he's much higher on the rankings. So it's like, no, nah, I got to put him there. The next highest, I, I, it's going to sound like I'm just being a contrarian for the sake of it. And I swear I'm not. I just didn't like him. And, you know, PFF is over the moon for the guy. I know a lot of Packer fans are over the moon for him, but uh, Leitu Latu, you're yeah, not for me, man. First of all, 23 years old, so he's kind of getting up there a little bit. Six foot five, 265. I mean, his his grades are like something you've never seen before. I mean, his his worst game this year was a 70. That's his worst game. Half of his games were in the 90s. Uh, the game I watched was against USC. He had 11 pressures and two sacks in that game. I think the biggest problem I have is he is very Frankenstein-y. He is not very agile. Um, I saw him numerous times. Like the, the, First of all, of those 11 pressures, and I didn't count them. I think a lot of those pressures were kind of like, eh, I don't know about that. First of all, I think the tackle was okay. I think he was working him to the outside. The quarterback naturally stepped up or whatever, but he wasn't going to get sacked. And then when he actually did get through, one time I saw him get through and he tripped and fell, which is like, come on, bro. And then I saw him another time get through, and it's like that complete lack of just, you know, the the quarterback very quickly just moved out of the way and ran. And I mean, it was a pressure, which is great, but it's like, I don't know if I trust his ability to like close in and actually get to the quarterback because he just, he's so immobile, you know, trying to get to the quarterback when there's space. I mean, if you can compress the pocket and he has nowhere to go, or if you can get him from behind, sure. But it's like he saw him and just kind of moved and Latu was just kind of like, I don't know what to do. So, I mean, I don't dislike him. Uh, You can't argue with the grades. I mean, it's unbelievable. He has a 96 PFF grade, 94 pass rush, even gave gave him a 95 coverage grade, 82 run defense. I just I just couldn't get into it as much as I did with some of these other guys so um, and and again maybe I'm just being a little bit unfair but I had him below Chris Braswell who is my next guy on the list Um, I really like Chris Braswell this is this is sort of you could put another line here I, I, I guess Latu would be a firm line above Darius Robinson it's a big step up and then another step for Chris Braswell 255 outside linebacker out of Alabama but I really like his strength. I really like his pass rush ability. I really like his burst. His stats are phenomenal. The other thing I kind of like is when you look at him, he looks lanky. So he's, he's 255, but he's strong. Like He's really, he can handle himself. And when you look at him, he looks lanky. So my first thought is, I bet you could put five pounds on the guy. He could be a 260-pound guy, probably still have a good amount of speed, add a little bit more power to what he's got. I like Braswell. I really do. Then after that, again, I'm just going to annoy people with this, but it just is what it is. Jared Verse, and and the next four guys, there's another step, and then Jared Verse, right? Jared Verse is great. I have no issue with Jared, and it kind of doesn't matter because he's going to be gone long before, so it's not a big deal, but I just want to get to my top two guys because those guys I'm obsessed with. But Jared Verse is very good. No issues with Jared Verse whatsoever. He reminds me of, uh, I don't even want to give you that note because it's going to give it away, but he reminds me of one of the guys I really, really like, just not quite as quick. But um no I like him. I mean he's he's 64260. I think he'd be a perfect fit. He's very he's very consistent if you look at his grades over 4 years. 2 years at Albany, 2 years at Florida State. It's 82 83 82 84. But if you look at the season it's 60 80 60 90 60 60 50 80 60 60 60 um 88 88. Like he's usually not great or he's like elite. I mean, his, his grades, if we go from best to worst, it's 89, 88, 88, 86, 83. And then huge drop-off down to 68, 65, 64, 64, 62, 60, 60, and 57. It's very odd, but I like him. I think he's fine. And uh, he's my maybe fourth-ish favorite pass rusher in the class. After that, again, going to be annoying. Just deal with it. Dallas Turner. And I 100% understand the hype about Dallas Turner. I'm guessing he's probably the biggest freak. I saw him close on a quarterback, and it was one of those like, oh, come on, that's just stupid. He's only 21 years old, 6'4", 242. He's probably like a a lesser version of, uh, what's his name that I just talked about, went to Houston, Will Anderson. So I I get it. I understand wanting to grab the guy and mold the guy. Elite attributes, probably going to run really fast and have really good splits and and, uh, all that stuff. That's fine. Um, the issue I had with him primarily though, so, you know, he's twenty one, elite speed, great. He gets stuck. It's it's sort of in, in my mind, the way I communicate it to myself is he has that Clay Matthews thing. Either he's gonna beat the tackle or he's gonna lose and he gets stuck. And that quarterback could hold the ball for twenty minutes and it's he's never gonna get there. Um, and that's not to say that he's he's not super powerful because he can be. I've seen him, you know, get that one hand inside of a tackle's chest and blow him straight back into the quarterback. He's got that, but there is sort of that element of you know either I'm going to beat you with my athleticism or I'm going to beat you with that first move or I'm going to get you with this or that or I'm just completely stuck. And remember, like guys like Rashawn, guys like Lucas Van Ness, these guys, that's not going to happen. They're not going to get stuck because even if I lose, I'm strong enough that I'm just going to push you straight back. And uh, Turner doesn't have that. Now, could he develop that? I, I don't know. I don't know what a team could do. This is about projection. And I'm guessing from a projection standpoint, Dallas Turner is the guy. Great. I'm glad you love him. He's going to be gone anyway, so I don't have to worry about it. My second favorite, and it's very close. It's kind of 1A, 1B. I'm not sure, but I'm going to stick with my gut on this one. My second favorite pass rusher is Chop Robinson. When I first saw my favorite guy, I I, I mean, it was like instant full-body chills. My jaw hit the floor. Like, literally, my jaw was just hanging, and I was watching it, and I'm like, that's my guy. And then I watched Chop Robinson, and I was like, okay, he's he's like right there with him. So for the sake of being able to fully communicate without, you know, whatever, my favorite is Braylon Trice. Chop Robinson is smaller. He's 21 years old, very moldable, very like elite speed, uh, great clothes, motor, real good hands, extremely high ceiling. I would say a higher ceiling than Trice, although he's smaller, right? So he doesn't have the super long arms and all that stuff. But I, I really, really like Chop Robinson the speed, the strength, the whole nine yards. He plays as a defensive end right now, so he kind of has that familiarity. There is some inconsistency, right? He's got a 91 PFF grade, same as last year. He had a 91. However, it's pr- it's primarily, you know, a couple games. He had a 96 and a 96. Then it drops down to a 76, 75, 72. And then it's 67, 65, 64, 64, 61. So there's, there's kind of that, like, elite, good, or like, eh. But just from a trait standpoint, man... I uh I was super pumped about Chop Robinson and I, I was borderline gonna put him as my top guy, especially since he's seen as as a actual first round pick, unlike Braylon Trice. But it was the size ultimately that did it for me with Braylon Trice. And um, uh, so I stuck with it. So yes, that is that is my top guy. Braylon Trice, I mean, I'm watching all these guys and I'm kind of going, okay, yeah, fair enough, whatever. That first snap from Braylon Trice, I watched it and I was like, what? The heck was that? Second snap he goes in gets a sack and I just slumped back in my chair. After like the fourth or fifth snap I threw my headset down. I'm like I got to go. I got to take a break. I went upstairs, cleared my head. I'm like maybe I'm just bored and I'm looking for something to be excited about. I don't know what it was. Every single snap I'm watching this guy. He is 6 foot 4, 274 and the way the guy moves is unbelievably impressive. So he's got all the power and and everything else but a 274 pound guy moving the way he moves is impressive to me. Now, he's, it's not like Dallas Turner or Chop Robinson speed necessarily, but he moves way faster than he should for his size. And I just get excited about a guy that is that big. And maybe I'm overestimating or overstating the big because, you know, arm length and everything. We'll see what happens. You know, he's only 6'4". 274 though, um, he's got a big frame. He moves so well. He is an outside linebacker, but I don't think that that's going to be an issue. Um, I'm just, my 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 notes, my only notes on Braylon Trice, it says all the way in, period, perfect, lock it down, it's over. Those are my word-for-word word notes, and I just moved on to Chop Robinson, and I just, then I got the Chop Robinson, and my first word there just says obsessed. <laughs> obsessed, uh, he's amazing. And then a couple other notes after that, but... Uh, by the way, if you're curious... Um, Braylon Trice, I watched him. And that's the other thing about Braylon Trice. They didn't have any good games for Braylon Trice. Most of these guys I'm watching, they're 95 PFF grades. Like Latu, I watched his, I think it was his highest graded game. Like a 96 PFF grade. Braylon Trice, it was in the 70s, I think. And I had to go back to 2022 game against Texas. Chop Robinson, I watched two games because his first game I watched was against Iowa. And it was the same thing. It was like a 90-something game. And I'm like, all right, let's, let's dial it back. And see if I still like him as much. I watched a little bit of Michigan, and I'm like, all right, he's the same guy. Because it's, I mean, again, it's traits. Whether he's as successful or not, probably not as successful. But the traits are still there. So I still was all in on Chop Robinson. Dallas Turner I watched against Ole Miss. Jared Verse was 2022 Miami. Latu was USC, and the other ones I did not, uh, I forgot to record. But those are the ones I watched if you were interested in what the heck I was looking at when I saw what I saw. Again, if you want to see what I saw, Braylon Trice, it was 2022 game against Texas. So anyways, super pumped, super excited. I think those are probably my favorite two guys so far, just in terms of like being blown away, obsessed, very excited. Next up, we'll do linebacker. And then after that, we'll do tight end. And I know tight end is not super exciting, but it's the last position aside from, you know, kicker, puncher, long snapper, which I'm not doing. So very excited to look at linebacker. Uh, there's been a lot of opinions, especially about Peyton Wilson, who I see is now up to the number two spot, potentially could overtake Edger and Cooper. A lot of excitement about Edger and Cooper as well, but I'm excited to kind of form my own opinions. And and uh, I also, the, the big thing with linebacker that I want to do is really parse out, you know, Mike weak side and strong side linebackers, and then try to figure out what it is we're looking for. Now, again, they're going to take, take good football players and figure out where they go, but that'll be a kind of an interesting dynamic to kind of work out in my head and uh i think eventually we'll get to that point i don't know if i'm going to do that today but if you want to support the podcast patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy you can also if you do subscribe there for as little as a dollar a month a dollar man as i've said before if everybody listening signed up for one buck which i'm guessing every single person could technically afford i'm set it's over it's done it's all the money i'll ever need something to think about Get together, talk amongst yourselves. If you don't like Patreon, um, Venmo, Packernet Podcast, appreciate all support. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view Alrighty, righty, linebacker time. Um, all right, let's just get into my thoughts on these guys. I do have some that, um, once again, are a little bit further down that I like a lot. We'll get, we'll save that for last. First of all, Cedric Gray. I couldn't find any film on him, so I don't have any thoughts on him. First guy that I just wasn't really a fan of is uh, Trevin Wallace, Kentucky linebacker. Had a hard time identifying what role he would play. The only thing I kind of liked about him was that he had some decent athletic traits, some change of direction and whatnot, but uh, the reaction time was awful. Just does not see the field, seems lost a lot, and that's kind of a big deal as far as what I'm looking for is reaction time. Uh, next up, Tyron Hopper, linebacker out of Missouri, weak side linebacker. Kinda t- a lot of these guys are tough because you can see flashes, but then it's just a matter of like, what are you doing with it? You know, and it's tough as a linebacker because you got so many offensive linemen pushing you around and you're stuck in these like giant piles all the time. You're trying to run around people, run through people. It's really hard to assess. A lot of these other positions are a little bit more mano-a-mano, a little bit more one-on-one and linebacker just never is. But uh, again, looks like he can fly around, but I just didn't see him do much. His grades are terrible via PFF. He does look better in space, which makes sense. He's a weak side linebacker. They operate in space. But then when it comes time to actually do something, you know, it's like I see him finally have an opportunity to get to the quarterback. He falls on his face. I see him try to make a tackle. He misses the tackle. And then I see him finally get a clean hit on a quarterback and he ends up hurting his knee and he's done for the game. So it's like, okay, I I don't I don't know what to do with that, to be honest with you. Maybe he's great. I just I, I didn't see it. Then we got Marist Liufo. Liufo liufo notre dame linebacker um in my estimation he's more of a strong side linebacker he's not the best tackler which is really unfortunate because that's obviously very important and if he had that he'd probably like him a lot more but i really like his vision keeps his eyes on the quarterback and he's really good at taking on blocks that's why i kind of put him in the strong side linebacker role but that's about it and again you gotta finish when you when you're when you're there and he just he struggled with that uh, then there's Junior Colson, linebacker out of Michigan. I just said he's the most baseline, like good linebacker, probably middle linebacker. So this is that after this, I kind of like everybody, but kind of, I don't know, but he is the most like stereotypical, like when you turn something on and it's like, yeah, he's just, he's just fine. He's good. He There's nothing that is blowing me away. It's just every kind of checks the box C plus B minus everywhere. After that, I actually put Edger and Cooper. I thought I was going to like him. He is currently the linebacker one at 52 overall out of Texas A&M. I just could not get into it. Um, I think there's a lot of things that are, from a potential standpoint, you could see it. But ultimately, when it mattered, kind of similar to, I think it was Hopper, he just feels clumsy. I don't see that he has like a command of the field, command of what's going on. Uh, little bit slow reacting. And didn't really seem to have a lot of top speed either. Although there were some things I kind of liked. It just, I don't know, couldn't fully get there. Now, you know, we'll, we'll, a lot of this comes down to testing and stuff, too. If these guys end up testing really well, it's like, all right, I can I can see the vision. But I struggled with him. I, I wanted to get into it, and I just couldn't. Uh, then I got Jeremiah Trotter. And again, it's kind of tough because they, they technically play different positions. You're looking for different things. I'm looking for something different with a weak side compared to a strong side, etc. Trotter uh, Trotter's really fast. I think he's like 230. He's a pretty small guy, but he was playing middle linebacker. Most of these guys play middle linebacker, right? Because they're the better linebackers on their teams. So they put them in the middle and some of them aren't that. So I'm, you know, I'm trying to watch a middle linebacker for his weak side linebacker abilities. And it was a little bit tricky, but it's like, I mean, I can see the speed and the tackling seems pretty good, so there's that. But that's kind of all I'm working with. I think a lot of this is, linebacker is tough because you got to watch a lot of snaps to find those couple that highlight what they can do. And for some of these guys, I saw it, and for some I didn't. Third on the list, I have everybody's favorite, Peyton Wilson. I I absolutely can see the vision there. Um, He didn't make my heart skip a beat necessarily, but he flies around, he's really fast. Um, I wrote in here, the combine will be interesting. I'm very interested to see kind of how he does with that. I like him, but I want to see more, but, um, I couldn't quite come around the corner. One of the the biggest knocks I had on him was he tried to run with a running back out of the backfield and he just got absolutely blown out of the water. And it wasn't like he was caught off guard. He saw him coming. He tried to turn and run with him. And by the time the ball got there, he was five yards behind the guy. That's not great. My second favorite, and this is where you got two guys that, um, are much further down the list, but I really liked him. Second favorite, Tommy Eichenberg, linebacker out of Ohio State. Now, first thing to note about Eichenberg, he's one of those guys, you don't watch 2023, you go back and watch 2022. So I went back and watched his 22, uh, 2022 game uh, against Wisconsin. Weak side linebacker, real fast and real smart. Very instinctive. I love how he can sort of read, like if, line, if, if offensive linemen are pulling, he sees that. And while everybody's going this way, as soon as he sees the pulling, he starts going the other way and then he flow. He just, he flows. He's able to flow right around the offensive line and then behind the pullers and then get around behind the offensive line and chase down the running back and bring him down. I just really like the way he plays. I like his vision of things. I like the way that he just, he has these instincts and the ability to, again, just kind of go with the flow and understand where to put his body to make sure the timing and everything is right so that he can get where he needs to be. Um I really like what I saw from Tommy Eichenberg. And then my favorite linebacker, and maybe it's just because I'm obsessed with Texas, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it's Jalen Ford. Loved watching Jalen Ford play. I loved his instincts. Always seemed to know where to be. Um, drops really fast. He's got a fast backpedal. I mean, he can, he can drop in coverage. Um, so I'm turn and run with a tight end. He was stride for stride with him all the way up the field. Really strong. Just will not be denied whatever he wants, he's gonna go get and just excellent reaction time. So my top two standout linebackers that really are not being talked about, uh, at least, you know, I'm sure in deeper um NFL draft circles, but you know, Packers, Twitter or whatever, as far as I know, Jalen Ford, Tommy Eichenberg. I really like him. Now again, it comes down to what kind of linebacker are we looking for? If you want a weak side linebacker, may I recommend Tommy Eichenberg? If you want a I'm guessing middle linebacker Jalen Ford. Stry- strong, I don't know. Um, I think uh Marist Liufau is the only one that I know for sure would be a strong side linebacker. A lot of these guys probably could do it, but by the way, I I remember watching uh Marist Marist or whatever. There was one play in there. And again, the the tackling is the if if he could if he didn't miss those tackles that I watched, he would be probably a guy that I like a lot more. There was one play in particular. You talk about like vision and seeing things. He just started booking it to the sideline. Quarterback didn't even start looking that way yet. He just started booking it over there, and then the quarterback turns and throws it, and he goes to lay the guy out. And of course, he missed. It was against Ohio State. It was a good. Uh, he's a good wide receiver. He made a move on him, whatever. But I'm just sitting there. I rewatched that play like five times. Like, how did he know? He just took off and ran. So I, I mean, something interesting about Mister Morris as well. If you're looking for a guy with really good instincts and whatnot. I just struggled with him, because it's like, if you can't bring the guy down at the end, I don't know, you know, what uh, what benefit you bring. So, all right, that's linebackers. Uh, we'll take our final break. We'll look at tight ends, and then if there's time, which there probably will be, because we'll probably just fly through these tight ends pretty quick. There's only two inside the top 100, so I don't even think I'm going to do 10. Um, if I do one, two, three, four, five, if I do 6, that'll get Ben Sinat, who everybody's talking about, We'll see. We'll see how many we get here. We'll do the top 150 or something. That'll be six. And then, uh, if there's time, we'll do uh, some of the guys on Patreon. Take a break. We'll be right back. Just check Twitter real quick, and Ben Fennel just dropped some Cedric Gray, the one guy that I d- I said I can't find any film on. He's got it. Friggin' jerk. But all right, real quick thoughts on the couple of tight ends that I watched. First of all, uh, Theo Johnson, I had nothing on him. Brevin Span Ford is basically Mercedes Lewis. He is just a massive mountain of a human being. If you miss Mercedes Lewis, that's your dude. Wouldn't cry if we got him. Wouldn't jump up and down either. Uh, Jaheem Bell, tight end out of Florida State. I never know what to do with these guys because he's basically right in that weird spot of being a giant 240 hundred and forty pound receiver. It's like a giant receiver slash tiny tight end. And so, I mean, yeah, you look like an awesome receiver for a tight end because you're a wide receiver, but you suck at blocking. So we arbitrarily put you inside. I don't. I don't. I just. I don't know what to do with that. Um, two guys that I saw as being just kind of baseline average, run of the mill, like solid decent but not extraordinary tight ends were Jatavian Sanders and Cade Stover, and I prefer Cade Stover over Jatavian Sanders. thought he was a better blocker and a better receiver. Then getting into the two guys that I really did like, Ben Sanat. I get it. I love the high energy. He's a try-hard. Seems to block real well. I like his hands. I like him out of the backfield. I'm a fan. Um, the other guy that I like, and I'm not positive that I like him more than Ben Sinat. Oh, by the way, Brock Bowers, yeah, I mean, he's he's top guy. I'm, j- I'm not really super counting him in this. He's whatever. <laughs> but uh, the other guy is Jared Wiley, tight end out of TCU. Um, he, to me, is Luke Musgrave. He's slightly taller, slightly bigger, slightly better blocking Luke Musgrave that I'm assuming is not as fast. If he is, then good Lord. But I'm guessing he is not. But I like him. I really didn't like him as a blocker at first. And then as the game went on, um, seemed like he was really starting to nail that down. And, uh, I kind of like him as a receiver. He's a big, long, long arm, long strides, kind of dig it. So those two guys are kind of, uh, guys I'm digging on a little bit, kicking it over to Patreon, expanding this out a little bit. Um, Jason says, not sure if you touched on this guy, but what about Cody Schrader from Missouri? I feel, um, Solid about our team as a whole, but I am slightly concerned about the running back group. Other than Jones, I haven't seen much to write home about. So Cody Schrader, out of Missouri, 5'9", 214 pounds. Um, Just two years at Missouri. His first year, he had a 78 grade and an 83 the next year in 2023 grade. Got a 90 rushing grade this year, 81 last year. He's a pure runner. His, His receiving grade's not very good at all. His blocking grade's not very good. He is uh, one spot behind my boy, Dylan Lauby. I don't know if I covered him or not. let see if I can find out. I did switch my sheet here. So he was on my list, but there was no film. Um, but that has since been updated. We got three games, so here we go. So for reference, and I haven't looked at my old sheet in a while, I'll have to transfer this over. Um, Jonathan Brooks, Ray Davis, Dylan Lauby were my guys before. Looks like I looked at 19 running backs, which is a lot. We'll see where Cody Schrader slots in. Um, highest graded game that I can find is against Georgia. He had uh, 22 carries, 112 yards, 5.1 yards per attempt, and a touchdown, 72.7 PFF grade. So I'll say this. I, I like Cody Schrader. I don't know where I would slot him in. It's It was too long ago that I watched all these guys to get an official slot in here. But as far as what I initially was doing with these guys... Which was trying to find those Aaron Jones qualities, which is making something out of nothing, getting yards when there's none to get. He's pretty good at that. He's a little short, but he's still built. So he's got a good a good amount of power to him. Able to slip out of tackles and kinda take that one yard loss, turn the corner, get up the field and turn it into an eight yard gain kind of thing. And this is against Georgia. I mean, this is not, you know, southern Mississippi or something. But I definitely like him. Be happy to get a guy like that in sort of the mid to mid mid late rounds. Uh, David asked about Christian Mahogany, interior offensive lineman out of Boston College. Maybe Halfley liked him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much Gutekunst cares about Halfley's perception of a guard, but, you know, I mean, you could talk to him about his personality and his work ethic and stuff, possibly, how he is as a person. But I have not watched Mahogany. The reason being, they don't have 2023 tape on him, and he didn't play in 2022, and I didn't want to have to go back to 2021 to try to get an accurate picture of the guy. So I don't actually have a thought, but those are my thoughts on, like, You know, Halfley in Boston College. It's not impossible, but I don't know if it moves the needle a ton. Todd wants to know some day three pass-blocking interior offensive linemen. Sure, we got uh, Javion Cohen, guard out of Miami. He's got a 76 pass-blocking grade. Only given up one sack in his four years. Delmar Glaze is kind of interesting out of Maryland. He's only ever played tackle, but he's projected to be a guard. 6'5", 328 pounds, 83.6 pass blocking grade. He's basically been an elite pass blocker since day one, um, his four years at Maryland. Mason McCormick be another one, 6'5", 315 out of South Dakota State, 85 PFF grade. The only issue being he spent six years in college, so he's going to be up in age a little bit. And then uh, how about Tanner Bortolini, center out of Wisconsin? Last two years, uh, a lot of growth. His first year as a rookie, he had a 12-pass blocking grade. Sophomore, he had a 55-pass blocking grade. And then, uh, well, 2022, 78, and then last year, 80. So lots of growth there. sure there's plenty more, but uh, rather than listing every single one of them, there's a handful. Craig says, I don't think we should spend an early pick on wide receiver, but the following have popped up as the best on the board when it comes to our first two picks. Franklin out of Oregon, uh, McConkie out of Georgia, Mitchell, Texas, Coleman, FSU. And then he says, I know we don't typically draft based on need, but when Goody trades back, isn't need somewhat playing into that decision because otherwise you take the best player at your current draft position and not trade back. Thoughts. By the way, in most of my mocks, trading back seemed to be the right thing to do early in the draft, rendered some good picks while filling needs. So I think, Trading comes down to matching uh, value to the pick. So even if you think about it through the prism that you're thinking about it, where, you know, I'm trading back because the best available is a quarterback and I don't want a quarterback. Well, then why don't you just draft the best available non-quarterback where you're sitting? It's because the value of that player doesn't match the spot I'm sitting in. Now, in order to trade back, somebody has to trade up, so they would have to disagree with you or at least want the position that... That person is sitting there. But of course, not all teams have the same boards. So it's a it's a matter of trying to, you know, compare your board to somebody else's. Somebody else out there is looking and saying, we we've we would absolutely take a player at the value that's sitting there. Cause remember, when you trade, theoretically you're not getting more or less value. You're trying to match value. You're just switching spots. Right? It's like switching out a 20 for two tens. So you're moving back and somebody else is moving up because they do feel that the $20, whether it's a 20 or 210 is worth a player that's still on the board. And in your mind, there isn't. If that's the case, you make a trade. But yeah, I'm sure need comes into it sometimes, but rarely. As I've said, I, I think if quarterback was the best player or, or best person on the board at 25, the Packers would not take that person. I know a lot of people would disagree. Yes, they would. It's most important position, blah, blah, blah. I, I No, they would not. They would trade that spot or draft somebody else. But I think that that's rare because I don't know that there's any other. In other words, it's not really need-based, but there might be some disqualifying based on like we're not drafting a quarterback now. We're not drafting a kicker, although there's no kicker worth a first round value. I I would venture to guess that any other position outside of quarterback if if it's the top of the board they would draft it. Trying to think of a position that that wouldn't be the case. I think wide receiver they would, tackle they would, guard and center they would, defensive tackle, edge rusher, linebacker, corner, safety. Yeah, I think I think any other one would. Now I think the 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 more need-based comes in when you're looking at it, you know, again, it's not necessarily a linear ber- board more of a horizontal board where you have guys broken down into tiers. And then when you have, let's say three guys, that's when you assess, okay, which one would you rather take? Because we're we're viewing them as relatively equal. They're all on the same tier. Which one do we want? And that's when you can look into the future and say, you know, in this draft, there's not many of these left. We better grab one now, or it's the bigger need or any other sort of variables that you might want to put into it. So them's be my thoughts. Anyways, I'm gonna get out of here. This watch and film thing takes forever and it's kinda of draining. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up there. Thank you to all my patrons. Hope I answered your questions all right. You guys all have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you later. Bye bye.